Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. And welcome everyone, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing great today, and I hope we can maybe add a little bit to your week. Uh, we started doing this about 14 years ago, uh, and and our uh, what we wanted to accomplish was to have something that had nothing to do with selling anything or making money that was just 100% to help people. And um, so... Every week, we try to give you a little something to think about that maybe you haven't thought about before, you haven't thought about it that way before, a little something to challenge you. We need to be challenged regularly, all of us do, in many areas of our life in order to keep growing, and a little something to apply to your life this week to make your week a little better and hopefully your life a little better every once in a while. And today, what we're talking about is something that all by itself, you know, uh, there's, there's hundreds of spiritual laws that we've talked about uh, on, this, on this program weekly, but without considering any of the other ones. This is one that if you do this one and don't do anything else, a lot of times it makes a huge difference and frequently a huge difference quickly. So uh, I hope that entices you to uh, see what I'm talking about and then more importantly to think about this, challenge yourself, and apply it to your life. Uh, not living another week without trying this to take you closer to your best life. And yes, it's about wanting. Wanting is, is, man, what a topic that is. There's good in wanting, there's bad in wanting, there's neutral in wanting, there's different kinds of wanting, okay? Uh, a Harvard study just came out. In fact, it was uh, in Psychology Today uh, yesterday is when I received it from Psychology Today. And um, the title of the study, Harvard Happiness Study, One Factor 
should be the driving force in every decision you make. That's the title of the article. And they followed a thousand college students and new graduates as they made career decisions, life decisions, and they asked them questions to gauge whether they prioritized time or money. Which did they prioritize more, time or money? And after two years, those who valued time were significantly happier and more satisfied with everything in their life than those who valued money, okay? So I want to develop that a little bit, talk about it, and and here's sort of the summary uh, of that. That was the that was the first summary. Here's the end summary. And, and what they found is that the people who were happier, they weren't necessarily working harder or less hours. They weren't necessarily uh, living in better or worse circumstances. Uh, there was no other factor. Both groups were mixed. So the, the, the only factor that they were looking at for their happiness was time or money. And here's sort of the conclusion of that. It made all the difference in the world that people made decisions based on what they value most. What they felt like they should do in their life. Maybe even their calling. Salary wasn't what the only thing motivating them to do what they did. Instead, they pursued what they did based on its meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. And that made that group significantly happier than the other group who did not base it on meaning, fulfillment, and what they felt like they should do, but on what they would make the most money at or how they could buy the most stuff in their life. Okay, so that's the Harvard study. Just came out yesterday. Um, Here is the spiritual law for this. One of the greatest secrets in life is to get to a place where you want to not want what you want. (laughs) Okay, now I know that's confusing. Let me say it one more time and then we'll dig into it. One of the greatest secrets in life, success, happiness, uh, uh, health, relationships, everything, is to get to a place in life where you want to not want what you want. All right, let's take this apart. I can't just say to to want what you want, okay? That's what most people do, is we want what we want. The problem with that is we come out of the womb pre-programmed for that. We want pleasure, what feels good, tastes good, feels good to our body, feels good to our mind, feels good in in every sense of the term, and we want to not have pain. 
And, and so instantly, if we have pain from the time we're out of the womb, everything is on hold until we get the pain to go away. All right? And really, we don't think about anything else until that happens. If we're not in pain, then pleasure becomes the pursuit. And as we are toddlers and all that sort of thing, what do we do? We put everything in our mouth, okay, to see how it tastes. We touch everything to see how it feels. And we hear all the time, no, no, honey, don't put that in your mouth. No, honey, don't touch that. No, honey, that whether it's something expensive we could break or something that could hurt us, whatever. Well, we're not looking for that. We're looking for pleasure, all right? So that's what all of us want. Uh, I remember being in high school, and this really struck me one day. And uh, there were lots of little cliques in high school, and I wasn't really in any of the little cliques um, as far as, you know, that was kind of the group I stayed with. I was, a, I, I, I was an athlete. I, I, you know, was on, uh, I played athletics all through high school, but I really wasn't one of the jock clique uh, people either, all right? I kind of got along with everybody. And I remember kind of overhearing a conversation of two of my classmates um, as we were walking along the hall or we'd just gotten out of a class and we're walking to the next class. I don't remember exactly, but I do remember the conversation. And, and, and so right there, it tells you it made an impression on me because this is like, you know, 35, 40 years ago, okay? And the conversation was, between, was about sex between two of my classmates. And they were talking about who they would like to have sex with in our uh, class and in our school. And at one point, uh, one of them said they would like to have sex with everybody, every girl in our class. And then the other one said they would like to have sex with everybody in our school. Okay? Uh, every, every girl that was, all right? Whether they were beautiful or, or maybe more plain or in the middle, didn't matter to them. All that mattered was the sex, okay? Well, I understand that's teenage time and hormones are going everywhere and, and all that sort of thing, but why would someone feel that way? Because it feels good, Okay? It's one of the best feelings on planet Earth, all right? And, and it's put here for a reason. We're supposed to enjoy it. It's supposed to uh, propagate the Earth, stuff like that. But I think we're also supposed to enjoy it when it's right and when it's healthy. But at, at certain times in our life, if you were to ask the average guy, okay, if there's a beautiful girl standing in front of you, do you have any thought or any desire related to sexuality? And I think the answer most times would be, well, yeah, I, I do have an instinctual thought and feeling in that direction. I remember when I was in seventh grade at church 
And uh, one of the deacons of the church drew the short straw and got the job of teaching the seventh grade boys about sex. And I'll never forget something he said. And by the way, sorry to harp on sex. I I hope I'll tie this to your issue and everyone's issue here in just a couple of minutes. So bear with me. But I'll never forget what he said. And I always appreciated it. He said, okay, okay, guys. I know you're seventh grade and you've got hormones going everywhere and all that sort of thing, but let me ask you a question. If we were to get this month's Playboy centerfold to come into this room, stand in the middle of the room, and she was completely naked, is there anything wrong just in that? Now, I'm not saying what, I'm not talking about yet what you're thinking. Or, or feeling, or any of that, just that she does not have clothes on in the room, and you're in the room, and you can see her. Is that a sin? Is it wrong? And his conclusion is, no, it's not. It's not, it's not what you want. It's where you decide to go with what you want. And, and yes, all of us seventh grade boys agreed after class that... If that were to really happen, yeah, we would all want to have sex with that beautiful lady. And it wouldn't have anything to do with who she was because we didn't even know who she was on the inside. It was just about physical attraction, okay? So we agreed. We would all want that, okay? But is that the way... We decided to live our life. Yes, those two high school um, classmates of mine wanted to have sex with everyone in our class or everyone in the school, but is that what they did? No. Now, I'm not saying it's about what you do. I I don't believe that. I believe it's, it's about what's in your heart, about whether you choose love or fear, and how to do that, okay? All I'm trying to make the point, the point I'm trying to make is that we all come into this life pre-programmed with wants that have to do with pleasure, pain, and safety, okay? If you're a little kid and all of a sudden you walk into a place where there's a rattlesnake rattling and about to strike, you don't... You don't need for your parents to have ever taught you that's a snake and you need to get away from it. You'll get away from it. You'll yell and scream and run away as soon as you hear that and look down and see that snake. You may not even at that age know what a snake is, but you'll be afraid of it. It's built in. It's hardwired. So are our wants related to pleasure and pain. The problem is, and and we talk about this all the time, when we get to 6, 8, 10, 12 years old, we're supposed to switch from pain-pleasure to what we believe is meaningful, what's true, what is our purpose. Exactly what they found in the Harvard study really makes people happy. Okay? Well... The only way I know of to do that is get to a place where your wants change. And it is one of the most beautiful 
and remarkable and magic type things in the world that I've ever experienced. Uh, in the Love Code, I told my story about that, okay? Uh, before Hope kicked me out of the house, when, uh, when we'd been married about a year and a half, my most hated thing to do in the world was to clean toilets. And I absolutely despised it, hated it, would not do it. I had not cleaned a toilet in years, okay? Well, after Hope kicks me out of the house, and I have the biggest transformation of my life, and that's still to this point today, we're, we, Hope and I got back together, had a recommitment ceremony for our marriage, and then we went to clean a house because Hope had a house cleaning business. And guess what? She sent me to the other end of the house to clean the toilets. And a few minutes later, she came down that hallway not particularly happy because she heard me loudly, joyfully singing. And she knew that there's no way I would be joyfully singing, cleaning a toilet, because she knew how much I hated and despised that, okay? And she got to the door of the bathroom, looked in, I was on my hands and knees, cleaning the toilet, singing into the bowl. That's why she could hear it. It reverberated out of that porcelain bowl back across the house, okay? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I did not try to change my wants. I did not try to start wanting to clean toilets from hating to clean toilets. It changed automatically when I, from the bottom of my heart, chose to live and be committed to living in love in the present moment as best I could and toward hope for the rest of my life, no matter what happened. When I made that choice from the bottom of my heart, my wants automatically changed in ways that I had tried many times to get them to change, and it never, ever worked. Okay? I might be able to force myself for a, a, a week or a month or two months, but then I would fall back into those same habits. And that's why a lot of experts say people don't change, ever. Well, it's rare, but they do. And if you're, and if you're using the tools and teachings we talk about, you can change on demand, although it's different for each person. But here's, here's what I'd like you to ponder this week as you pray, meditate, walk, uh, whatever you do, and you need to be doing something every day in that regard. It, it's fuel for your spirit, okay? But here's what I want you to think about. What do you want just if you let your basic nature go in regard to Houses, cars, sexuality, food, beverage, vacations, male, female. If you just sort of say, okay, I'm not going to put the governors on. I'm just going to let my heart and mind go wherever they naturally go. Where does yours go? What do you want as far as sexuality? What do you want as far as 
uh, food, beverage, diet, fitness, exercise, that sort of thing. What do you want as far as relationship? What do you want as far as your work and career, uh, giving back to the world, making a difference? What do you want as far as your particular personal meaning and purpose in life? All right, and I would make some notes about that. And then second page of the notes, what are you actually doing, thinking, what are you pointing your ship at in actuality? Okay, and then the third question is, are your wants related to your pain, pleasure, five-year-old programming where you're literally living like you're a five-year-old even if you're in a 50-year-old body or have your wants been transformed have you made that shift like we're supposed to at 6 8 10 12 to where now what you honestly truly want most is love in the present moment regardless of whether you get the end result that your pain and pleasure self would most like or if you don't. I don't know of a whole lot of ways that are better than this as far as taking your temperature as to where you are living either a spiritual-based life where your intention is love no matter what and the, th- and the things that come from love or whether your focus intention is on temporal things, things you can touch and feel, houses, cars, things money will buy, people patting you on the back, um, those type things. And here's the the big irony or paradox about it. We think the the reason we prioritize the temporal things is because we think that's what's going to make me happiest. It's a lie. It will never make you happiest. That's what this Harvard study found. The people that prioritize Money and all of the things that come from money, time off, vacations, uh, houses, cars, influence, notoriety, those people were much less happy than the people that kind of let that go and say, okay, I'll give that up to God, I'll give that up to higher power, I'll give that up to love, but my focus is going to be on what has meaning and purpose, what is spiritually based, what is love-based, what is internal and issues of the heart rather than things I can touch or feel or smell or people saying good things about me. Those are the people that were happy. Of course, this coincides perfectly with the other research that has been done on this, a much more famous study out of Harvard, the Harvard Grant Study, 
which lasted 75 years and uh, $30 million, and the end result, largest study ever done on the human condition, and the end result was happiness equals love, full stop. Uh, another article uh, study reported in USA Today, in fact, it was on the front page of USA Today, and you don't usually see human condition stories on the front page of USA Today. They're back in a back page or another section or whatever, but this one was, and it's because it was so dramatic, they found that if you have conflicted relationships, in other words, if your relationships are not great, probably because you've not prioritized your relationships because you were focused on temporal things, you have a 300% greater chance of getting an illness and disease and dying by middle age, not old age, by middle age. And conversely, if you're prioritizing love and relationships and your relationships do not have a lot of conflict and stress, you have a 300% less chance of getting an illness and disease and of living to a ripe old age healthy for the majority of the time. So how in the world can you do that? I mean, can you just say, okay, I've decided I want to change my wants. I want to switch from these wants to these wants. In other words, instead of I want, like they found in the Harvard study, money and stuff that is related to money, I want love in the present moment. I want what's meaning and purposeful, I want what is spiritual. I mean, can you just decide? Well, some people can, probably one in a hundred. The other 99 of us have to work at it a little. We got to use the tools, we got to clear some junk out, we got to shift the negative energy of our heart until it gets positive enough that psychological adaptation can grab it and automatically take it the rest of the way. But, um, I do, as we end today, want to kind of give you the four steps, okay? Most people start at I want. You need to go from, you need to transition from I want to I have. From, from um, expectation and wrong goals that are, going to put, that are going to put you into stress or spike your stress to gratitude, thankfulness, those kind of things. Now, if you're in a life-threatening situation, this doesn't apply. You're supposed to go into fight or flight and try to save your life or the lives of other people. But we're assuming it's not life or death. You need to go from I want to I have, then from I have to I am. I am. I am a person, I'm no more valuable than anyone else, but I'm no less valuable than anybody else. I'm no more important than anyone else, but I'm no less important than anyone else. I have something to contribute to the world just like everyone else has, and, and everyone does, okay? So, what is my meaning and purpose? And I'm going to prioritize the internal state and love in the present moment, no matter what. I am. And then step number four, after you have kind of transformed that stuff, 
I desire. And my definition of desire is something that I would like to have happen that I think is uh, correlates with my meaning and purpose in life, something that I think would be win-win-win for everyone involved. But even considering all that, I give it up to God. I give it up to higher power. I give it up to love from the very first step to the last. I may get it. I may not get it. I may get something different. But it's not I want anymore with the sex, the money, the pats on the back, the, the food and drink. It's I desire, but I'm giving that desire up. For most people, you cannot do that just by willpower. But use memory engineering, use trilogy, use rapid eye stress release, and, and the template of how to live your life of the love code and I will tell you, I've never seen anyone do that who has not been able to shift from I want to I have, I am, I desire. And when you do that, your have-tos automatically change to want-tos. So whatever that cleaning toilets thing is for you is not a big bad monster that you're afraid of anymore. It's no big deal. Because the important things of life, you've got in pretty good order. Which means your stress goes down, immune system goes up, you get positive emotions and feelings and thoughts instead of negative ones, habits and addictions fall away, etc. So, wanting, this is where to start, I want to not want what I want. Instead, I want to get to a place where my wants have changed to what is meaning, purpose, love-based, win-win-win, etc. It will change your life, guaranteed.